All right, we are in week 15 of the NFL, and we are coming to you from the Garden State in the great state of New Jersey. We are Wagers Ragers. I'm in New Jersey. Two friends who are just passionate about um, the NFL and wagering on games every single week. Um, but also, we have an affinity for electronic dance music. And we will give you our tracks of the week at the end of this podcast. But before we get to that level, we have to go to level one, which is the games on the NFL. So I am your host, Joshua J.T. Buckner. And of course, always joining me is John the Hedgehog Donath. <laughs> Welcome to week 15 of the NFL. Welcome to week 15 of Wagers Ragers. John, how are we doing on this week 15? I can't believe it's week 15. I know we say that every single week. Yeah, I'm doing absolutely fantastic. I also can't believe it's a week away from Christmas. It is fully the holiday season right now. I'm full of holiday cheer, uh, even though freaking Roger freaking Goodell in the NFL is trying to act like the Grinch. I'll get into that in a little bit. So I'm, I'm trying not to worry about their nonsense right now because overall I'm really enjoying this holiday season, man. Yeah. And this is going to be, uh, well, you know what? We'll probably have a podcast for you guys right before Christmas because there are games on Christmas day, but happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, happy Kwanzaa. You know, it's just a great time right now. A uh, festive time. For, for myself and my family, for I'm sure for John and his family and for everybody out there. So getting ready for the, uh, the Christmas holiday, let's recap week 14 because it was a pretty crazy week indeed. We're sending you back to the future. Um, all right, so as I'm sure all of you out there and for all you new, new listeners who don't know, I am a Jet fan, John is an Eagles fan. And two weeks ago, Jets faced the Eagles and it just didn't go well for my Jets, went well for the Eagles. Uh, and last week, I thought the Jets were really going to come out against the Saints, given the fact that the Saints had been playing such a, such poor football over the, the prior several weeks before the game against the, the Jets. And I took the Jets and the points. And of course, the Jets didn't cover. And the Saints blew out the Jets, putting up 30 points. So I did not cover on Jet Saints, but on my props, I actually hit both. And I stuck with my one player prop theme from last week. And I took Alvin Kamara over rushing, Alvin Kamara over rushing and receiving, hit on both of those. So I actually hit both props, lost on the game with the Jets. Game two, I had <clears throat> the Browns and the Ravens and I had the Ravens getting three points against the Browns in Cleveland. And although the Ravens lost the game by two points, they still covered that point spread. So I hit on the Ravens game. But again, sticking with my one player prop, I took Lamar Jackson. And I thought he was just going to have a great game against the Browns. Both rushing and passing and rushing yards combined. But unfortunately, he got hurt early on in the game. So that knocked me out of contention. 
for covering on Lamar Jackson. I think if he would have stayed in the game, I probably would have hit both props because his backup Hunley actually did very well for the, the Ravens and they almost pulled the game out. But so, um, so I hit on the Ravens, did not hit on my props due to injury. So all, overall, a 50-50 split on the Jet game and the Raven game. Um, and, you know, looking forward to, uh, to better uh, results this week in week 15. John, how did you do last week? Well, fun week. Not a lot of pressure last week because my Philadelphia Eagles were on a bye week. So I didn't have to worry about the Eagles uh, game. I was freed up to take that Saints-Jets game along with you. Uh, I hit that one. Saints minus five and a half on the road. I said to take the Saints. Obviously, they covered there. I also really liked uh, Taysom Hill uh, starting for, for the Saints coming in there. Uh, the over-under on his rushing yards was 54 and a half yards. He had 73 on the day. That hit. The other one I liked didn't quite hit. I liked Juwan Johnson as a sneaky pick to go over 15 and a half receiving yards. He fell just short at 15 yards, but got the game right, got Hill, Hill right. And then I took the Chiefs Raiders in the late game window for the, uh, the AFC there. Chiefs were given nine and a half or 10, depending on where you were looking by the time uh, we got to Sunday. Chiefs easily covered. I said to take the Chiefs. They won 48 to nine. A couple of props I was looking at. I liked Daryl Williams. His over-under on rushing yards was only 23 and a half yards. He didn't quite hit that. He only had, I think, 12 flat. So that didn't hit, but I did hit on the last prop of the day. Derek Carr, 23 and a half completions. He was averaging 25 and a half coming into that week. So I said, take Carr in the 23 and a half, presuming the Raiders were going to get blown out and would have to throw the ball a lot. All of that came true. So hit both games, hit a couple of props. Overall, a pretty good week. Yeah, I joined you on that. Derek Carr over 23 and a half completion. So I hit on that as well as Taysom Hill over rushing yards. I also took the Chiefs, which was a, just an easy walkover win against Vegas. I mean, Las Vegas going out and stomping on the Chiefs um, midfield uh, symbol was just a bad idea because I think they were down early by, I think it was, might have been 35 nothing before they actually put some points on the board. So that was an easy cover on the Chiefs. So we move on to week 15, and we're going to start with a joint game that both of us are going to take and both of us are going to analyze, and it's Pat's Patriots, New England Patriots at the Indianapolis Colts, which has been just a phenomenal rivalry over the last however many years since it was Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady. And in this game right now, the Patriots are getting two and a half points at Indianapolis over under is 44 and a half at present. Pat's come in with a nine and four record Colts seven and six, but we have to look at how these teams started the season. The Colts are presently sitting in the number six playoff spot for the playoffs after starting one and four. So they have gone five and two since that slow start, but the Patriots are even hotter Patriots um, after missing the playoffs last year and starting two and four this year, they're on a seven game winning streak, nine and four top spot right now in the playoffs, which is just amazing after where they started off this season, Jonathan Taylor, but for Derek Henry's injury, Jonathan Taylor leads the NFL in, uh, in rushing uh, with 1,346 rushing yards and 18 total touchdowns. And he's coming off a bye week this week. So 
solid rest for him should have a pretty decent game uh, against the Patriots. But the Patriots as well, they can rely on the rush as well. Two weeks ago against Buffalo, Mac Jones only threw the ball three times. They rushed the ball the entire game and beat Buffalo uh, for one of their uh, last seven wins. Both teams have great uh, defenses and both teams feature exceptional linebackers, Darius Leonard for the Colts. And probably one of the top five, if not one of the top free agent pickups this season by any team, Matthew Judon from the Baltimore Ravens by the Patriots, who's just having a fantastic all pro year. Under Bill Belichick against the Colts, the Patriots are 16 and six against the Colts in this rivalry matchup, having won the last eight. And they've also scored at least 30 points in nine straight games against the Colts. So where do I see this game? I get it that the Colts have been playing really well and they're home, but give me the Pats. I will take those two and a half points. In fact, I'm going to bet the money line on this game for the Patriots to win. So let's talk because I always go on stats. Talk, let's talk stats real quick because this is where I think this game is going to, to end up. The Patriots' defense has been lights out this season. Third in yards allowed, third in passing yards allowed. They're middle of the pack in rushing yards allowed, which I'm going to talk about in two seconds when I get to my props. But they are first in the league in points allowed. The Colts on defense, they're in the top half of yards allowed, top half in passing yards allowed, middle of the pack in rushing yards allowed, and ninth in points allowed. So I think it's going to be a close game, but I think because of the way the Pats defense has been playing, um, this is going to be a Patriots win and cover. As far as offense is concerned, the Patriots offense on rushing, they're ninth in rushing yards, and the Colts are second in the league in rushing yards, all thanks to Jonathan Taylor. So I see Jonathan Taylor having a big game, but not a, a game enough to beat the Patriots, even though they're home. Interesting little tidbit here. The, uh, the Patriots record is nine and four, and they have an identical against the spread record of nine and four, while the Colts are seven and six and have an eight and five against the spread record. So, you know, some might say this game could go either way. I'm leaning towards the Patriots, and I like the Patriots in this game. A couple of props real quick. Jonathan Taylor. I mean, the guy's just been a man on a mission, leading the league in rushing. I'm going to take Jonathan Taylor over 119 and a half rushing and receiving yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. I'm not going to take his rushing prop because I think he's going to be featured a lot out of the backfield, although the, the Colts do feature Naheem Hines out of the backfield. But I like Jonathan Taylor in this game over 119 and a half rushing and receiving yards. I also like Jonathan Taylor on rushing attempts over 19 and a half rushing attempts, great odds plus a hundred. So you're getting even odds on DraftKings. And lastly, uh, I'm going to take Stevenson, the running back from the Patriots. I think the Patriots are going to run the ball a lot this game over 87 and a half rushing and receiving minus 115 on DraftKings. Those are my props, straight running back props this game. Um, I might even lean towards the under in this game, even though the Patriots have put up 30 points in their last nine straight against the Colts, because I think this is going to be a real defensive battle. 
lot of rushing, um, but I see the Patriots coming out on top. John, what are your thoughts on this game? Woo! Dropping the knowledge, coming in hot. And I tell you what, we are largely in lockstep here, man, as far as how we see this game going. We even picked some of some similar props here. Um, yeah, Patriots on the road at the Colts, but Bill, Bill Belichick on a roll, coming off a bye, getting points. Give me that all day long. Patriots are leading the AFC right now. And like you said, you know, the last time we saw them was that crazy, weird, um, wintry game in Buffalo. They ran the ball 46 times for, tw- you know, 224 yards. Um, Pats 7-0 and straight up and against the spread in their last seven. The defense has been off the hook, even though they've suffered injuries in the secondary. They rank second in defensive DVOA overall. Colts, on the other hand, like you said, have also been hot, you know, in their last seven games or so. But if you take a closer look here, they only had one real impressive win during that streak. That was over at Buffalo. Uh, In the last two months, the Colts' other wins came against Houston. They beat the Texans twice, actually, Jacksonville, and the Jets. So while I do think Frank Reich has done a nice job with the Colts, Carson Wentz has played well, and they really found their identity by just handing the ball to Jonathan Taylor, and they do have some talent on defense. I don't think they're quite as good as you might think based on that the win streak that they've had recently because the teams that they've beaten just really haven't been that good. And give me Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick coming off um, a bye all day long. I absolutely love it. Give me the pats. Give me the points. Two and a half on both DraftKings and FanDuel on the road at the Colts. Some props here. Like you mentioned, Patriots are kind of middle of the pack when it comes to rushing defense. They're the 18th ranked rushing defense in yards per game at 114 and a half. But in their last three, they've been even worse, giving up an average of 136.3 rushing yards a game in their last three. So we're in agreement here. We both see Jonathan Taylor getting the rock a lot. I'm taking the over on rushing yards. He's averaging almost 104 yards a game. His prop is 94 and a half rushing yards. FanDuel is what I got it uh, the last time I checked this morning and 95 and a half on DraftKings. I've already taken it on FanDuel. I think Taylor hits this 94 and a half uh, yard number. So I am taking it. That's prop number one. Prop number two, we're close. You took the combo f- for Ramondre Stevenson. I'm going the, on the, the rushing side here. Damian Harris is out. Ramondre Stevenson will start. When Harris was out in week 10, Ramondre Stevenson went for 24 touches, 114 yards, and two touchdowns. Stevenson, the rookie, has really looked good in limited action. I like what I've seen so far. Uh, As a matter of fact, on pro football focus, he's the fourth-ranked running back overall in elusive rating. On the other side of the ball, Indy's rushing defense, similar to New England, kind of middle of the pack. As a matter of fact, they're number 16 overall, smack dab in the middle of the league rankings as far as rushing defense goes, giving up 111.8 yards a game. Ramondre Stevenson, I've got his rushing prop at 70 and a half rushing yards on both DraftKings and FanDuel. So I've already taken that. So give me Stevenson 70 and a half. Last, quarterback rushing yards. One of my favorite props to take. They're typically really low. And all you need is for the quarterback to be flushed out of the pocket once and you can hit that prop. I'm gonna take Carson Wentz this week on DraftKings his prop for uh, rushing yards is 10 and a half, nine and a half on Fandle. He's averaging almost 13 yards a game on the year, but he's averaging almost 17 a, in a game in his last three starts. Uh, 
you know, New England really hasn't played too many players or too many quarterbacks that actually, you know, are known for running the ball. You know, they faced Josh Allen. Josh Allen had 39 yards. I really don't put Wentz and Allen in, in the same uh, category as far as rushing goes. I consider Wentz to be a little bit more like Justin Herbert, who New England uh, played. Uh, and Herbert only had nine yards on the ground. But, you know, Wentz's prop is only nine and a half. I think Wentz can hit that. And in that game, the, you know, New England was just running up the score on the Chargers. So, you know, Herbert didn't have occasion to run too much there. So that's how I see it. We're largely in agreement here, largely. We'll, we're both taking the Pats. I'm taking the Pats and the two and a half on the road for the, 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 the cover. I am going to take Jonathan Taylor rushing yards straight up over 94 and a half. I'm taking Ramondre Stevenson over 70 and a half rushing yards. And lastly, I'm taking Carson Wentz over nine and a half rushing yards. What do you think, man? Yeah, good stuff. I mean, I like the rushing and receiving props a little bit better than the straight up rushing yards, but with Damian Harris out for the Patriots, um, I'm going to take a closer look at that Stevenson rushing definitely with that, with that stat of how he's been doing over the last four games. Um, yeah, that's something that I'm definitely going to consider. And Carson Wentz rushing, I just, I, you know, I, I'm going to have to go back and forth on that one. But, yeah, with such a low total, might not be a bad play. But I'm glad that you and I are both in lockstep on the Patriots. <clears throat> and looking at the money line right now, it's plus 120 New England. So that's something that I'm definitely going to be looking at for sure. Any last thoughts on this game before we move on to uh, our respective wonderful teams, John? Nope. I'm good there. We're both uh, in lockstep again. Patriots take this one. All right. So here we go. J E T S just end the season jets three and 10 blown out last week by the saints. They go into Miami on the road and the line right now is dolphins laying nine and a half points. So it's under that, like, 10-point double-digit Mendoza line. You know, when I originally looked at this game, I said to myself, okay, let's look at who's on the injured list with COVID running rampant through the NFL. Who's on the COVID list? Well, when I originally looked at this game, Jalen Waddell, who's just been an all-star, all-pro, rookie wide receiver for Miami, is on the COVID list. And when I first looked at it, Miles Gaskin was also on the COVID list, which is their top running back. So I'm thinking to myself, wow, I mean, last time these teams played, Jalen Waddell and Miles Gaskin both scored touchdowns against the Jets. And if they're both out, I just, I was leaning Jets because they're their top two producing offensive players besides Tua at quarterback. But things have changed. And Miles Gaskin has come off of the COVID list. He's active. He's going to play. So I had to look at it in a different light. Dolphins are six and seven, and they're fighting for a playoff spot. <clears throat> They've won five straight games after starting uh, one and uh, basically one and seven. And they were dead to rights, but they've won five straight. And again, they're fighting for a playoff spot. The Jets are coming off a dismal performance, as I said before, against the Saints. I thought they were going to cover. I thought they might even win the game, which is shocking because the Jets are just such a terrible team. I'm going to, I'm going to go with the dolphins in this game. I just, I, I can't, I can't take the jets anymore. I just can't take the jets. I don't care if they're getting nine and a half points. Honestly, I don't care if they're getting, you know, 
10 and a half, 11 and a half points. The Jets are just such a bad team that I just can't anymore with this team. Last week was, I think, the, the, uh, the straw that broke the camel's back. So let's look at this game. Jets have nothing to play for. Obviously, Miami does. They're still fighting for a playoff spot. As I said before, Miles Gaskin and Jalen Waddell both scored touchdowns against the Jets in their last time, last time they played. <clears throat> and before looking at this again today, Miles Gaskin wasn't going to play, but he's back and he's playing. Miles Gaskin, uh, he has 61% of Miami's carries as the running back and 62% of their rushing yards. He's a big part of Miami's offense. And last week, the Jets against the Saints, although they played better defense than they've played in the past, which I don't know how much, I mean, you can't play much worse than they did before. They still gave up 203 rushing yards last week to the Saints. And I see Gaskin having a field day against the Jets this week. Quarterbacks, Zach Wilson, he threw for 202 yards last week, but it took him 42 pass attempts and he only completed 19 of those pass attempts for a completion percentage of 44, I'm sorry, 45.2%, which is the second lowest of any quarterback this season with 40 plus passing attempts. So yeah, he threw for over 200 yards, but it took him forever to get there. And he barely completed the passes that he threw less than 50%, which is pathetic. On the other hand, Tua last three games has a completion percentage of over 73% for his last three games. So he is being real accurate the last three games. Stats. All right. Again, I'm going to throw stats at you. Jets defense is just putrid. 31st, 31st in yards allowed, 27th in passing yards allowed, 30th in rushing yards allowed, and last in, in points allowed, which puts them probably last in total defense. Offense, lower half in yards uh, gained, middle of the pack in passing yards, which is surprising. Um, given their quarterback play, I guess with the exception of the great games that Mike F and white had for them, but 30th in rushing yards gained and 29th or 28th in points scored Miami on the other, on the other hand, I mean, their offense is not lighting it, lighting the world on fire. They're 29th in uh, yards per game, middle of the pack in passing yards. 31st in rushing yards, which is surprising given the fact that Miles Gaskin has been playing really well at running back. And they're in the lower half of points scored. But that being said, they're playing the Jets. And Miami's defense is really, really playing pretty well other than their pass defense. But I'm not terribly concerned about that given the fact that Zach Wilson has had a really bad year. But they are eighth in the league in rush defense. In the middle of the pack in yards and points per game. So with Miles Gaskin back, I'm going to take the Dolphins and I'm going to lay the nine and a half. I think the Jets are going to get blown out again. And there's going to be some receivers for Miami. that are going to step up and take the place of Jalen Waddell. Great veterans by the likes of Devontae Parker and Mike Gusecki at tight end. Uh, I think the, the Dolphins are going to definitely win this game. And they're going to win this game big. So I'm going to take the Dolphins and lay the nine and a half. As far as props, 
I'm going to go straight Dolphins on props because the Jet props I just don't like, and I don't think the Jet players are going to play very well, especially against this pretty decent Dolphins defense. With Jalen Waddell out, I'm going to take Devontae Parker over 54.5 receiving yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. I think he's going to be the go-to receiver for Tua, as well as the tight end, Mike Gusecki, over 45.5 receiving yards. Odds aren't great, minus 125 on DraftKings, but I'm still going to take the Dolphins' tight end for over 45.5 receiving yards. And lastly, I mean – is it really 53 and a half rushing yards for Miles Gaskin? Is that really the prop right now? 53 and a half rushing yards? I mean, I think that should be probably 75 and a half rushing yards, uh, given what Alvin Kamara did last week to the Jets. But I know Miles Gaskin is no Alvin Kamara, but give me Miles Gaskin over 53 and a half rushing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. Bets are already in. He's going to chew the Jet rushing defense up, just like the Saints did last week. So give me Parker over receiving, Gasecki over receiving, and Gaskin over rushing. John, what are your thoughts on Jet Dolphins? Um, listen, I understand it. You know, I, I have seen the Eagles suck. I have seen the Eagles suck bad this year. But I just hate laying big point spreads like this. And, you know, unless I'm wrong here, I believe when the, the Dolphins did win their earlier matchup, but I think they only won it by a touchdown. I also hearken back to last year when it was the, the tank for Trevor Lawrence uh, was, was the goal for the whole season. And of course the, the jets ended up winning late to cost themselves the chance at, at Trevor Lawrence uh, instead getting Zach Wilson. I see the jets actually keeping it a little bit closer here. I, I would take the jets and the nine and a half points, even if they get a late garbage uh, time score to get a backdoor cover there. But, you know, overall, with your reasoning in the games, I, I very much agree with it. I have already taken the Miles Gaskin rushing prop. I thought 53 and a half was too low as well with him coming back now. Now, Gaskin's only hit this number three times this year. That's not super encouraging. But one of those times was against the Jets when he rushed for 89 yards. The Jets are one of the worst rushing defenses in the league. And they're giving up 138 and a half, or excuse me, 138.8 yards a game. So yes, give me the Miles Gaskin rushing prop for sure. But I think I'm going to go the other way here, and I'm going to take the the Jets and the nine and a half points and see if they can cover. You know, the Jets have a record of three and ten. How's their record against the spread? Well, it's identical, three and ten against the spread, and as. You know, everyone out there on the audience has listened to me take these games. I've probably lost almost, I would say probably 75 to 80% of my picks in the Jet games. And it's right in lockstep with how they're doing against the spread. So I'm going the other way. I just can't do it. I can't take the Jets again, uh, especially with Gaskin back. You know, he probably moves the line a point, a half a point, something like that. And originally, if he was out, I probably would have taken the Jets and the points. But the Jets are 30th in the league in rushing defense. And Gaskin had a great game the first time against the Jets. And given the fact that he's 62% of their rushing offense, I just, I, I can't. I can't go with the Jets. The Dolphins are 7-5-1 and one against the spread this year. I think they're going to be 8-5-1 and one when it's all said and done after this game is completed in Miami. So, Taking the uh, the Dolphins and laying the nine and a half. John, 
talk to me about your Philadelphia Eagles who are still in the playoff hunt. And I know their game got moved from tomorrow until Tuesday, but they're playing the Washington football team. Talk to me. You know who I'd like to talk to right now is Roger Goodell, that gutless, brainless. And I want to look him straight in the eye. And I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is. Hallelujah. Holy shit. Where's the Tylenol? Jackass. Because right now the Eagles are getting absolutely screwed here. The Washington football team was supposed to travel to Philadelphia for a one o'clock start tomorrow. The Eagles are coming off a bye. All great things. Then Washington, Washington had, you know, 20 to 21 players on the COVID list over the last week. Uh, I, I don't know if this is, you know, how much support for there is for this or not. But I you know, I read something that Montez Sweat for Washington might have been the root of all the, the, the source for the, the COVID positives there, unvaccinated Montez Sweat. So he was on the COVID list. Jonathan Allen, Taylor Heineke, Kyle Allen, you know, just tons and tons of players, which I understand. That stinks, you know, but that's what the practice squads are for. Everyone knew this was a possibility going into it. And the NFL said at the beginning of the, the season is that that they were very unlikely to move any games, you know, cancel any, you know, move the schedule around. Uh, they would only do so if they could preserve the 18 game schedule, you know, and last, last year, you know, football fans will recall, they made the Broncos play with Kendall Hinton as their freaking quarterback. So I don't know on the other side of the ball, the Eagles didn't have, you know, any COVID positives this is by all accounts, following the protocols and everything else. I understand, you know, anything can happen, but then the NFL at the 11th hour decides to move the game, move the game from Sunday to Tuesday, not even to Monday. They give the Washington an extra two days to try to get these players back, which, you know, in and of itself sounds fine. You know, you, you want both teams to be as healthy as possible when the matchup actually happens because there are playoff implications hanging in the balance of this division matchup. But at the same time, if the consideration here is for, you know, medical reasons, safety reasons, things, reasons, things like that, how can the NFL po possibly say that that's the real consideration here. That's the real driving force when what's the effect of all this is now the Eagles players have to go in play Tuesday against the, against the Washington team. And then on short rest, have to play the New York giants with playoff implications still hanging in the balance. As far as they're concerned, that's not protecting those, their safety and welfare. You know, that's worse for them that they have to play on a short week. Now, I think it's absolutely bogus. If the NFL was even going to do that, then what they should have done is if you're going to move the, the Eagles, the Washington game to Tuesday, which stinks, at least move the Eagles giants game to at least Monday to mitigate that by at least 24 hours, at least by a day. So it stinks for the Eagles team. Obviously it's going to make Washington stronger. And as a matter of fact, as we're recording this podcast here, it looks like Washington is getting all these players back. As a matter of fact, I just saw on the on the wire here that Jonathan Allen, one of the maybe their best defensive linemen, Montez Sweat, the possible source of all this nonsense, defensive end James Smith-Williams and defensive end Casey Toolhill, all off the COVID list today before Sunday, meaning there's a really good chance that they all could, could have played in the game on Sunday, and maybe there wasn't a reason to move it at all. Complete, absolute nonsense. I would love to look Roger Goodell in his face and tell him all this because it's BS. The Eagles are putting being put in a, in a terrible position here. They're having their playoff chances 
um, you know, weakened here by having to play on a short week next week. And you probably didn't need to move the game at all. If it was the Eagles, on the other hand, there's no way they would have moved the game. No way. I don't care what anybody says. They wouldn't, the NFL would not, would not have moved the game for the Eagles. For some reason, Daniel Snyder is, is, is locked in with these guys as far as the ownership goes, and they'll give him the extra two days here. It's complete BS. You know, the NFL just did this big, giant investigation into what the Washington football game team did and didn't do wrong in the past 20 years and all this, and the only person who got in trouble was freaking John Gruden. It's freaking unbelievable. Screw the NFL. Screw Roger Goodell. You know who else is getting screwed? The Philadelphia Eagles fans. This was supposed to be a Philadelphia Eagles home game, Lincoln Financial Field, 1 p.m. Sunday tomorrow. Now the game is moved to tons Tuesday night at 7 p.m. You know that all the, the fans that were going to be there on Sunday, they're not going to be able to be there on Tuesday. It's going to be a smaller crowd. It's going to be less Eagles fans in the stands. Another way the Eagles get screwed. The NFL doesn't care about the fans at all. Screw the NFL. Screw Roger Goodell. Okay. All that out of my system. The game is still happening. There's nothing else I can do about it except yell on my podcast. Washington is still traveling to Philly. The six and seven Washington football teams playing the six and seven Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles coming off at a bye here. This game opened with the Eagles giving three and a half points. It's gone all the way up to nine and a half. Right now it's sitting at about seven and a half. Excuse me. Washington, their roster is still in a bit of flux. It looks like they're getting some of these guys back. My guess is by Tuesday, they'll have most, if not all of these guys off the COVID list and on the active roster. So there's no issue for Washington. They should be at relatively full strength um, unless they have another COVID outbreak. That could happen, but that could happen potentially on either side. So I'm expecting Washington to be largely back to full strength. The only real question we have is uh, Terry McLaurin suffered a concussion last week. Um, didn't end up registering a catch or anything, and has been in the concussion protocol for the rest of the week. So we don't know if he's going to play. Obviously, if he's out, that's a huge detriment to the Washington offense there. Uh, the Eagles, on the other hand, should get back quarterback Jalen Hurts, who prior to the bye week missed the Jets game in favor of Gardner Minshew with an ankle issue. Um, Nick Sirianni, Eagles head football coach, uh, already said that Miles Sanders and Jawan Howard uh, – excuse me, Jordan Howard, not Jawan Howard. Jawan Howard would be very surprising if Jawan Howard played in this game. Uh, Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard should both be back. Eagles run game should be at full strength. That's great. Um, Chase Young out for the year for Washington. Defense in a little bit of flux, but like I've said about five times, they should be mostly back to full strength minus Chase Young, at least on the defensive line. Eagles 4-1 and one against the spread in their last five as a favorite. 4-1 and one against the spread in the last five against the NFC. Um, you know, some of my notes here are fairly outdated with all of these Washington football players coming back. But if everybody's going to be at full strength, you know, it sort of looks like a matchup of strength versus strength to me. And what I mean is the Washington football team rushing defense against the Philadelphia Eagles and their league lead leading rushing offense uh, over the last couple of months. The Washington football team number five overall in rushing defense, giving only giving up only 93.6 yards a game and only 77.3 in their last three. Um, it's, it's a tough spot for the Eagles and I'm flip-flopping the other way coming into the recording of the pod. I fully expected to take the Eagles and give the points here, but based on the moving of the game, based on everything being in flux, based on Washington, getting their players back, 
I'm concerned here that Washington has a chance to come into Philly and actually steal this one, which I do not want to happen. Based on everything that's being said, everything that's being uh, volleyed back and forth here, I want the Eagles to destroy the Washington football team on Tuesday, but I don't think I can bet this way. I don't think I can lay anything more than a touchdown, and right now it's sitting at seven and a half, so uh, I, I can't do it. it. Full disclosure, I did all I did actually lay the seven and a half and take the Eagles, but that was before I knew that all these players were coming back, frankly. That's to, at full strength, these two teams. I've seen the Eagles up and down too much this year. Division game at full strength or near to full strength, which might be the case here, I cannot lay more than a touchdown. So uh, if I were to bet it starting now, I would not bet it because I'm an Eagles fan and I don't go against my own team as far as putting money down. But if I'm giving advice to somebody else, with everything playing out the way it is, I would have to say take Washington, take that seven and a half. Washington could steal the game outright and could certainly cover the seven and a half. So as far as props go, there's not a lot, if anything, um, you know, the, the game wasn't even listed on DraftKings until very recently. So uh, kind of uh, shooting in the dark here a little bit. Uh, I feel pretty confident that if Jalen Hurts is coming back, you need to take a long look at his rushing yards. He's the Eagles leading rusher on the year at 695 yards. He's averaging over 58 yards a game and has 55 or more in his last six straight. Keeping in mind, he's coming off an ankle injury, so maybe that mitigates his rushing a little bit. I still think he's going to take off plenty of time. So I would take Jalen Hurts pretty much anything up to about 54 and a half. I would take it after that. It would make me a little bit nervous. Uh, attempts here, attempts. Now, again, I said before that the, the game is going to boil down to strength versus strength. Washington with a really great rushing defense Eagles with a really good rushing game. So I would take a look at the Eagles running backs and carries Miles Sanders since he came back from his injury the first time around has been the lead back for the Eagles. Um, but they divide up the carries pretty evenly. So what that means is Sanders is averaging 16.3 carries a game in his last three, which is the time period I'm talking about. Um, and Sanders being back at 100% healthy, I would take anything as far as rushing attempts goes for Miles Sanders up to 15 attempts. Anything up to 15 I would take for Miles Sanders. With he and Howard being back at full strength, I expect those two guys to carry the load for the Eagles in this game. Uh, Jordan Howard, Jordan, not Juwan. Jawan's average of carries this year for the Eagles, very low. It's zero, same as mine. Jordan Howard averaging 12.75 attempts per game. I would take anything up to 10, 10 rushing attempts for Jordan Howard. Last one I got here, Dallas Goddard. Um, he and Devontae Smith are the Eagles' best two receiving weapons. Goddard uh, averaging 49.67 yards a game. Washington giving up 50 and a half, excuse me, 50.46 yards a game to the tight end I would take anything as far as a Dallas Goddard a receiving prop here anything up to about that number so anything up to about 50 and a half receiving yards I would take for Dallas Goddard so I, I still pissed about the circumstances surrounding this game there's not a damn thing I can do about it so what I would say is if you're really going to bet this game and everything kind of trends the way it looks right now with Washington getting these players back for Tuesday I think the bet is Washington take the seven and a half. Um, and then as far as props go, I again, take a look at Jalen Hurts, anything up to about 54 and a half rushing yards, Miles Sanders, anything up to 15 rushing attempts, Jordan Howard, anything up to 10 attempts and Dallas Goddard, anything up to 50 and a half receiving yards. 
I need a break. You do need a break. I mean, you are just hot right now with the NFL. I mean, and, and Roger Goodell's decision to move this game to Tuesday, which results in the Eagles having a short week next Sunday against the lowly New York Giants, but still not having a great turnaround time. Yeah, I mean, I feel bad for, for you. I feel bad for all the Eagles fans out there that are, and you know, and quite frankly, for the Washington fans too. I mean, yeah, I get it. That's, that's the reason why this game has been moved, but they're on a short week too. And both of these teams are fighting for either the division, which is probably unlikely for either one, or a playoff spot. So it's, you know, it's tough for both teams. As far as the game is concerned, uh, I know you had a seven and a half point line right now on DraftKings, the line is seven. So it's an even seven, but still, I think these two teams are pretty evenly matched. So I would still, just like you, I'm going to lean taking, um, taking the, the Washington football team and the points, whether it's seven and a half or seven, I can see this game coming down to a, a three or four point game, either a field goal or, you know, a four point game. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game regardless, whether it was played tomorrow or whether it's played on Tuesday. Uh, Washington came back and almost pulled it out against the Cowboys last week and Eagles coming off a bye. So I see this game being a pretty close game. Seven points, I think is too much to lay as uh, on the Eagles. So I'm going to go with you on, on Washington. As far as props, not a whole lot is up there. If, if anything, really, it's just, you know, quarters, halftime lines, that kind of thing. But when they do finally come out, I'm always going to lay on that Hertz rushing total. It's going to be somewhere around 50, 50, 51, 51, 52. Even so I'm going to take that. I'm also going to look at his attempts when that comes out. And I'll, I'll take a look at that when that comes out as well. And Dallas Goddard has just been, I mean, he's just been a, a he's, he's like the Travis Kelsey of, of uh, you know, in years past as far as receiving yards. So yeah, anything over, you know, if anything under 55 receiving yards, I'm probably going to have a close look at that as well. So those are the two props I'm going to look at when they do finally come out for that Tuesday night game. And yeah, so I'm in lockstep with you on the, on the Washington the football team this week. Any last thoughts, John, on, on Eagles Washington before we move into level two, because I do have some college football bowl nuggets for everybody out there. Just to wrap up here again, this clearly in yours to the, to the Washington football team's uh, benefit. But again, you know, to be perfectly fair to that team, I think they're a solid team. I think they're a well-coached team. I think they have a lot of talent on defense. That's really the defense has continually played better over the year, even though they've had actual injuries. Uh, I'm seeing over the wire now that they've had no positive COVID tests in the last day or so. So I'm expecting them to get all these guys back. Taylor Heineke, not a great quarterback, but can do that whole backup quarterback coming into the game, playing with his hair on fire thing. He can move, he can run around, he can make some plays. So yeah, that's the way I'm going here. Uh, the lines at seven and a half, I think you take Washington there. Uh, and, you know, same with the props that I said before, Jalen Hurts rushing attempts for Sanders and Howard up to about 15 and 10 and Goddard, same thing up to about, you know, anything up to 51 yards or so as far as receiving goes. So that's what I got. How about your college picks? Yeah, so level two, college football nuggets. We're in bowl season right now, and we got bowl games going on as we speak. Um, Appalachian State is playing Western Kentucky right now. The game is 14-14. The line was minus one when I put the bet in. 
with Appalachian State. I took Appalachian State to cover that one-point line. Um, the live betting has just been going ballistic as the uh, teams have been going back and forth scoring points. But right now we're in a tie game, 14-14, and I loved Appalachian State in this game. But I got two other games for today. Um, I was looking at games kind of moving forward, and I kept going back and forth. So I'm not going to give you those. Um, the two games I was looking at moving forward was Army, Missouri, and uh, Florida. The Florida, um, who they were playing, um, but they're just a just a, a team in flux right now after having fired their coach midway through the season. But the two other quick games that I'm going to give you real quick for today. Fresno State playing UTEP. UTEP uh, looking for their first postseason win since 1967 in the New Mexico Bowl. UTEP coming in at seven and five. Fresno State at nine and three. Fresno State laying 11 and a half points. Give me Fresno State in a neutral site laying the 11 and a half points. They are, they've been a good team all season long. Uh, I don't believe in UTEP, so give me Fresno State laying an 11 and a half. And lastly, my last college football nugget is BYU. Yes, the college where my current NFL team's quarterback came from with the number two pick, the number 13 team in the country, BYU, coming in with a 10 and 2 record playing University of Alabama. Birmingham, UAB, coming in with a record of eight and four. Uh, BYU laying less than a touchdown, six and a half points. Give me BYU, the number 13 team in the country, lay the six and a half. Uh, right now, a 61 and a, and a half percent uh, likely to win the game. And I like them to cover that six and a half points. So those are my two college football nuggets as bowl season rolls along and next weekend, I will give you some more, probably the CFP games as we lead into the new year's weekend and those big bowl games for the playoffs. So those are my college football nuggets, BYU lay the six and a half and lay the 11 and a half today with the Fresno state Bulldogs. All right. Level three, John lead us off. It is our tracks of the week as we move on to our EDM section of the podcast. John, what do we got? All right. So like we said earlier, leaving the Eagles game alone, it is the holiday season. I've been, been feeling very, uh, very cheerful, very, very celebratory, very happy recently. And that sort of uh, dovetails right in with my track of the week this week. Uh, it's by Martin Garrix and Matisse with John Martin on vocals. It's called Won't Let You Go. I'm not even a, like a huge Martin Garrix fan or anything like that. But uh, I've mentioned on a, on a few uh, recent podcasts during this phase of the podcast that, you know, Swedish House Mafia announced their return. So that's gotten me listening to more of that, you know, 2010, 2011, 12, 13, you know, big room, progressive house you know, happy, dancey anthems, those kind of tracks. And that's what this is. Um, I was scouring the Beatport Top 100 uh, just over the weekend, looking for some new releases. This track is number 54 this week on the Beatport Hot 100, just came out December 10th. And it fully is that 
big room, progressive house, happy anthem that I'm talking about here. I could even see this being played as like a, you know, a, a, a clock turning midnight ball drop kind of song on New Year's Eve. So that's my track of the week, fitting the celebratory theme of the season. Martin Garrix, Matisse, John Martin on vocals. The track is called Won't Let You Go. It is on, it is on Stomped Records and it is my track. John Martin, famous for his, uh, on uh, Swedish House Mafia. Definitely, great track, love it. All right, so I know that uh, over the last several weeks, Airscape has been one of my DJs that I've been following and it's been one of my my uh, uh, DJs that I've just been you know, listening to all week long. And again, I'm sticking with the same theme, but I kind of got there not looking for Airscape, but thinking of like, who are my favorite vocalists that have been uh, performing on, on trance tracks? And the one that stuck out in my head was Jess. Spells her name J-E-S, just a great vocalist. And thinking along the lines of, um, all right, women and women DJs, Nifra from Slovakia, who's on the Cold Harbor label with Marcus Schultz, has a great remix of My Love, Airscape, Featuring Jess, My Love, the Nifra remix, is my track of the week. Just been crushing it all week in the car on the way back and forth to work, taking the girls to uh, their activities. Uh, so that's my track of the week. Airscape, My Love, the Nifra remix, track of the week. Includes week 15 of Wagers, Ragers, everybody. Listen, it's a crazy week. We were supposed to have two games today. It's only going to be one. Pats, Colts, we gave you our analysis of this game. Um, Browns, Raiders have been moved to Monday night. And hopefully no more games get rescheduled. I, I feel bad for John and his Eagles game getting moved to Tuesday. It is what it is. We're living in this, you know, pandemic of COVID, but hopefully we gave you some good analysis and you take to heart um, what we have given you. And as we always say, may your bets be sharp and your cashes be bountiful. We will see you next week as we move in to week 16 of the NFL. We are out. Wagers, ragers. See you next week. Adios. Later.